Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Train Happy Podcast. My name is Tally Rye and this week we are talking all things body image with body image researcher Nadia Craddock. Now, Nadia contributed to my book and her insights into body image are based in the research. And so I felt like we had a really in-depth discussion about this topic, about how exercise links with body image um, positively and negatively. And we kind of touch on aspects of feminism. I mean, we cover a lot of stuff. Remember, if you do enjoy this episode, please tag us on social media using the hashtag train happy podcast you can also find more behind the scenes and quotes from every episode and instagram clips and stuff over on the at train happy podcast instagram account as well so please come and join us on there and uh, without further ado let's just get into it so this week we are joined by nadia craddock who may be a familiar name to you because you kindly contributed to Train Happy, so we'll talk about that a bit more. But Nadia is a body image researcher for the Center of Appearance Research. She is host of the Appearance Matters podcast, and she is also host of the Body Protest podcast with Honey Ross. So we are so lucky to have you. Thank you so much for um, making time to chat with me today. No problem. Thank you for having me. And I just, yeah, I just wanted to um, reference, and obviously this podcast is about, um, particularly like these first episodes of this series, is about kind of digging deeper into the themes of Train Happy. And I was so grateful last year when you kindly offered to um, uh, respond to my interview about uh, body image and social media because I think it's a really interesting time right now and how body image is evolving so big question to kick off okay but how well what do you think the state of body image is at the moment that's a huge question but what have things been getting worse are they getting better what what's like a general overview right now so that is a big question and it's one that's really difficult to answer because when we look at prevalence of body image we are people use different tools so use different measures to assess body image and I think I don't know it's 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 very difficult to to track that over time I don't think there's like studies that will show change over time because there's so many different factors mm. involved and it's interesting with honey on the body protest we spoke to Susie Allback who's been in the game for decades and we were surprised I think when she was like no things are getting worse like really? for sure she, she was like categorically for sure that like they're getting worse where we were both like oh you know there's some good stuff going on um you know we've got all of like there seems to be a different conversation whatever but I think she sees it um maybe a step back and I think it's easy to be in a bubble right it's Mm. easy to be in a bubble where like people are having a conversation about um about body image about positive body image about kind of owning your self and your body Mm. and kind of 
I think with that like wave of feminism as well coming into it, I think it's easy to be like, oh yeah, things are like definitely better. But I think there are so many new pressures. So I think social media is a big pressure. I think things like cosmetic surgery, cosmetic procedures, they're so much more available now. And accessible. And accessible. Yeah. Like you can go to Superdrug and get Botox. And it's like, you know, no judgment if that's, if that's what you're doing. But like that didn't yeah, exist. Yeah, 50 years ago, that wasn't happening. Before, right? And so, and I think when something is so accessible and so available mm. and affordable, it kind of sends a message that it's something that you could and should do and engage in. And if people are doing it, then when you're making like comparisons with the people around you and people look different, you're like, mm. it, there's like those ed, ad, added bits of pressure there. So it's really hard to say if things are better or worse. Um, and I think before we carry on, let's yeah. define body image. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good idea. Because I think there's a confusion between body image, um, body confidence, mm-hmm. self-esteem, mm-hmm. they kind of get all intertwined, but can you differentiate between those those things? Yeah, I, I think it's a really good idea to do it. And I think the reason they get intertwined is because they are related, but they do have like slightly different meanings. So maybe to start with self-esteem. So self-esteem is really about your sense of self-worth. So am I worthy as a person? kind of period like so am I worthy of respect do I deserve respect am I a good person on balance do I have some good qualities so it's kind of that kind of I don't know sense of like contentness with yourself um in a really broad holistic way um it's quite interesting to kind of pass that out from self-confidence because self I used to really confound the two Mm. but self-confidence really is about your perception about your ability and capabilities so you can be self-confident and have poor self-worth yeah and poor self-esteem and and vice versa you can kind of think you're a good person but you aren't self-confident in certain things and I think the thing with self-confidence it can map on different things so you could be like I'm comp- I have like self-confidence in my ability to write an essay but I don't have great self-confidence when it comes to public speaking um and then you could be like a really confident person in terms of your abilities but you can still be very insecure so the insecurity kind of taps into the self-esteem component Mm. so then when we move on to body image body image in a like a in a sentence is how we think and feel about the way our body looks and then there's also a component about how our body feels so there's and i kind of like this because it's kind of yes you have the self-perception piece the, the evaluation on on your kind of outer shell but there's also a component about embodiment so how you feel within your body and how connected you feel with your body and I think that's a really important part and I think people are like talking about that more so that's kind of body image in general and then when we we kind of look at the the valence of body image so we talk about negative body image so negative body image normally we kind of conceptualize as body dissatisfaction so Mm. kind of not liking the way you look in some way and wanting to change your body in some way so whether that's like losing weight or looking younger or I don't know change you know kind of wanting bigger boobs or thinner legs or more like more muscular arms like that's kind of body dissatisfaction and then another component of negative body image can be things like having like a disproportionate sense of your self-worth based on your appearance right so kind of that overinvestment of your appearance so kind of that yeah just being really preoccupied with your appearance so that's kind of is that linking and linking that appearance to your value as a person yeah yeah so so if you're thinking about the pie chart of who you are like having like appearance of being like a really big weighting within that mm. um 
is kind of a sign of negative body image also. And then on the flip side, positive body image, um, and I think we, we almost probably want to talk about body positivity as well, but yeah, like, we will, we I know, will. because <laughs> positive body image, how we talk about it in academia at least, is a really holistic construct that captures body acceptance. So accepting the way you look regardless of how your appearance matches up to any kind of ideals. It's about appreciation for what your body can do. So sometimes that's called body functionality. Uh, it's about respect, self-care for your body, kind of just like kind of a, a general sense of mm. um, liking your body. But it's not, uh, an. Ex- I think sometimes it feels a really extreme thing where you're like, oh, I love my body so much. Yeah. Like I want to post pictures of myself on Instagram in my bikini every single day. Like that, you don't need that to have positive body image. So sometimes people talk about body neutrality. Yes, um, which we do in yeah, the book. Yeah, which... I think how we talk about positive body image in academia is probably more akin to body neutrality because okay. it's it's not that real extreme of being like, I love my body, like, look at me, look how great I look. I'm really happy in my body. We kind of talk about that as body satisfaction. Mm. Um, but positive body image is that broader, more holistic sense of yeah, appreciation, acceptance, self-care, self-respect for the body, and then feeling attuned to your body. So we, t- we spoke about embodiment before, mm. but that con- like feeling connected with your body and kind of knowing what your body needs is a sign of positive body image. And that is a massive part of what uh, I think the goal of intuitive eating mm-hmm. is, as well as extending that to intuitive movement, which obviously mm-hmm. we're discussing in Train Happy. And it's like, how can you feel more connected to yourself and mm-hmm. like within your body when you're moving it um and when you're being still I think I think yeah. that's really important I wanted to go back to our previous question yeah. and discuss um as we said the state of body image is potentially getting worse and I wanted I have a, a theory I can't uh-huh. say it's deeply researched or it's <laughs> it's my own theory um but it is that I think do you think platforms that have become so visual like facebook instagram uh-huh. even tiktok now youtube all of these visual forms um have made us kind of uh objectify ourselves more so have, have opened us up to greater mm-hmm. self-objectification where we are bombarded of images of other people mm-hmm. and therefore we feel a pressure to you know conform to that image that we're seeing um to fit in with the image mm-hmm. um and i think you know probably our grandparents just you kind of knew people in real life but you didn't have as many photographs around that obviously wasn't that digital platform as well so in comparison i i'm actually thinking about it yeah maybe it's getting mm-hmm. worse because we're we're much more aware of our appearance like you know we we're looking at ourselves a lot yeah and there is that hyper focus isn't there and like you can zoom in on your appearance yeah. and it is your it's it's your peers it's not just models who you know you can kind of dissociate from a little bit because you can be like you know it's like a cgi like it's something mm. that's kind of quite distant but i think when it becomes your peers the proximity then become it high it can heighten that sense of comparison so i i think it's not a bad theory i think mm. um i think i historically or like traditionally when we think about causes of negative body image and we look at we think about media and advertising and and you have like a very narrow ideal that's promoted on these platforms Mm. um and 
you're like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Like you're kind of saying that there's only one way to look, but actually we see that replicated on social media yeah. so much. And then, and then where we have exactly what I said in terms of when it's an actress, when it's a celebrity, when it's a model, you can, it's, it can be easier to critique yeah, you're why like, you're buying into that. You're like, why am I comparing yeah. myself to They've a- They've got a team of chefs. They yeah. have a personal trainer. They have a stylist. They have a makeup yeah. artist. They have a hairdresser. So you're like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like JLo and Shakira at the Super Bowl. The reaction yeah. off of that, I think was very much um, like just seeing people's reactions online, particularly about JLo. And then you have to remember that she has had access to all of those things mm. for a very long time, probably- half of her adult life um most of her adult life i should say has had access to those things so whilst you have other kind of 50 year old women Mm. thinking hang on a second why doesn't my mum look like that or why don't i like look like that it's partly the genetics but it's also the i'm sure she feels pressure to yeah maintain definitely kind of that visual look Mm -hmm. that is her brand and she's Mm -hmm. had to maintain that for her whole career um and she has access to all those things so that mm-hmm. feels like logically you can like you said you can kind of like oh okay well yeah i'm not j-lo uh don't, don't, yeah it's you know. not fair for me to like make a comparison there yeah. and, and part of it it's it's her job to look a certain it way is. i think when we're thinking about celebrities when we're thinking about models it's like it's part of like for better or worse like mm. whether we think it's it's right or wrong like that is part of the job description or almost when i think then if you have like I don't know if you work in an office it's like and that's your day-to-day it's it's very different you can't make that same comparison I think yeah Um, I think but it's interesting I discovered this um Instagram account like I think like two days ago mm -hmm. called celeb face have you been on it no but I've heard about that is that where they have it's like getty images and then you you almost like reverse the so they take like an image of a celebrity or or even influencers I think and they show you the picture that the the raw photo mm-hmm. that was taken by the paparazzi or taken by on the red carpet. Yeah. And then they show you the version that they shared online yeah. and it's been filtered and photoshopped mm-hmm. and um doctored in some ways and it's fascinating um in terms of seeing how things are distorted and what people look like in real life versus the version you see mm-hmm. online that's so perfectly curated yeah. it's like a very curated version of only the best angles the best um things but it and i don't know even i think you know i don't strongly get caught up in looking at photos of celebrities and comparing myself at all but i was kind of shocked that and you know even being aware you think you're aware what i'm mm-hmm. trying to say is you think you're aware of what's going on you think mm-hmm. you oh yeah of course it's been photoshopped and all this you still kind of forget that that's actually become so normal. Right. Um, so when you don't see them, you're like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I think that like showing those differences. And I think there's a, a video that that went viral that Dove did called Dove Evolution. And it's showing like the, the model that comes in like fresh faced, whatever. And then you see all the makeup artists getting her like, pr- mm. like primed and ready. And then you see all the, all the, all the photos and then you see the post-production. So you see that whole process in, in like a space of 90 seconds. And that, um, the reason that's so powerful, it like it encourages media literacy. So that self, that the critique element of what's going mm. on. And I think why that's harder on social media is that it's a bit more blurry. So you still have editing, you still have filters, you have like face tune, whatever. You still have the, lo- you know, the loads of photos taken but it's 
it just feels a bit more blurry in terms of like is that what people yeah, are actually doing these people the photos that we're comparing ourselves to now because we're comparing ourselves to influencers not just celebrities mm. um where those people are still filtering those photos through you know maybe three four different processes before yeah. that that makes it online but you we've learned to think of those people as our friends mm-hmm. as people we know um you know they're like the person next door that's how the influencer world works and so you know you you're like well they don't have 50 people on a shoot photo shoots helping them get ready so it's just them taking a selfie right but you forget that there is also the element like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are very proficient in photoshop these days and you can do that in your home on your laptop um you can do so much stuff on apps on your phone that i don't think many people post totally unfiltered photos the only person i can think of that like really makes a point of it as well is bryony gordon oh yeah she's yeah. really all about this is the photo i took this is how it is there's no there's not like not even a vague filter on there of what was the original photo um yeah and i think that's really rare these days yeah it it, it is rare and it's refreshing and you and you're saying about influences but i think it's not even just influences right it's like and it's everyone it's, it's everyone yeah. everyone on social media it's because i think it's so set up to do that so sometimes even if you even inbuilt in some mm. phones there's like a, a natural filter or whatever and it's like you almost have to deselect yeah. it you have to opt out of like making yourself look better in some way i ways. have the latest iphone and i'm pretty certain i haven't i think it slightly smooths out your skin or something like that yeah i need yeah. to look into it but you're like hang on a second that's yeah so, then you, like. yeah so then to like opt out of doing that yeah is, it's like that extra step and then you're like oh well you know it's, it's fine and because it's so normalized and if everyone's like even if they're small edits making like you know a little filter maybe a bit of brightening maybe kind of taking I, yeah. those like, hundred fo- or you know a number of photos and being like oh actually i'm mm. i'm positioned better in that one if that's what everyone's doing it feels quite confronting and bold to do something like you know what i'm just gonna like this is it well i'll happily put my hands up and say when i post photos online i'm generally trying to take the most relatively relaxed photos in terms Mm -hmm. of like i make i'm personally trying to make a conscious effort to not be too posy to not be too perfect Mm -hmm. and to try and just be as naturally myself as possible but do I slightly brighten a photo? Yes. Do mm. I um, slightly change the color tones on it so it looks a bit neater on my Instagram? Mm. Yes. Um, you know, I don't. I don't even know how to use Photoshop, so I don't do yeah. that. But I do. I do want to have a certain look to the photo, mm-hmm. even if it's a photo of me in my swimming cap, yeah. um, looking, you know, fresh out the pool. Um, but I'll still like we'll go on an app and just make it look a little bit neater um and i yeah i think because it's so normal um and to not do that feels weird Mm. um and yeah yeah and i think there's probably a lot of people there who who we're also we're trying to share more natural images Mm -hmm. more um real images uh that's a quote mark for those listening um yeah you still will kind of play with it a little bit and and choose the best one yeah. like there may be some to choose from so it's yeah i don't know many people besides like 
I don't know, even my mum, I'm sure, like, would snap a few and put the best one up. Like, I don't know yeah, many people that, that just take like it natural, in the moment. Like, yeah, that kind of feels, I mean, it feels a bit too much to be like, oh, like, everyone should post their, like, most yeah. unflattering photo, yeah. otherwise you're a bad person. Like, that's, like, too no, extreme, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, but I think just where all those subtle edits are normalised, and that's what... Um, it's just the awareness yeah, of it, it's, isn't it's it? what you do. And then I think what's interesting now, and I, you know, speaking to, to various people, is that maybe at one point it was like, oh, I want to look like a certain celebrity. I kind of want this look. It's like going into cosmetic procedure clinics or whatever and being like, I want to look like my selfie. You know, yes. there's all of that, that, which is kind of terrifying, but that's kind of because there's so much curation mm. on online and you're perfecting yourself and online even, and then you're like you, you want to be your best self and then you're like my best self is photoshopped with two filters like so there we go that's mm-hmm. what I want to be and because it's you it kind of feels a bit more it's closer um because it, I think again you can be like oh well you know I can't look like JLo or whatever mm-hmm. because that's JLo but I want to look like the best version of me but if the best version of you has the filters and a bit of editing that's again it's still yeah. very unrealistic it is i think like you said it's it's about taking things with a pinch of salt yeah and being aware of all these processes and, and how imagery has changed i think it's just evolving mm-hmm. constantly evolving and changing um and so often what we're seeing is a slight distorted reality um but you're right not about not it's not about being a bad person for doing that it's about just being aware that when you find yourself in that comparison trap Mm -hmm. because I think that's the thing when you're in the comparison trap of saying huh I have pores that person doesn't have pores or I you know hang on I've got bruises on my legs this person doesn't seem to have any bruises or marks on their legs like you just gotta remember that um that may not be exactly what was in that moment at that time Mm -hmm. and just being mindful of it um so as well in the book we discussed the links between um body image and exercise mm-hmm. and i think obviously being the train happy podcast mm-hmm. that's like a poignant yeah. topic to talk about um and i think for so long exercise and you know the mission of what it, the intuitive movement is trying to do is to separate exercise from aesthetics mm-hmm. and from that kind of focus um and separate it from what i think has been a narrative around fitness that's been heavily influenced by diet culture in the sense of making us exercise to achieve a certain aesthetic a certain body size and shape um and that being the only real reason that people move their bodies that being Mm -hmm. the main focus of working out um and so i think that a lot of people come to exercise because they don't like what they see in the mirror. They they don't mm-hmm. like their appearance. Yeah. And I would love to know your thoughts and I'd love to touch on maybe kind of what the evidence is saying about mm-hmm. exercising. When, when we come to exercise with that aesthetic focus, what's going on and what happens when we shift the focus to focusing on how we feel the embodiment mm-hmm. factor that you said earlier okay yes so i think with the research looking at exercise and body image we tend to see a positive correlation between the two mm. and so that's not a, 
a causation relationship that it's just the two are linked so we find that people who have a more positive body image tend to exercise more and you can you can look at it the other way around so people who exercise more tend to have a positive body image so you see like that association mm. between the two um and that relationship is kind of turned up turned down by are you focusing on appearance-based goals or are you focused on functional functionality or like just kind of not Mm. appearance-based goals so kind of we find people who tend to enjoy exercise more have a positive body image and you have that kind of link they're not doing it for appearance-based goals it's really difficult to maintain exercise if you're just doing it to change your appearance because what's what's the motivation like it's it's so hard if you're not enjoying it if you're doing something and it it, where it becomes like that self-punishing like oh I'm just going to spend like an hour in the gym on the treadmill and I'm just going to kind of white knuckle it that's a really difficult practice to keep to be for it to be sustainable so and that's where you see people like starting in January and then dropping off because it's like I hate this and I think yeah. you kind of like you're like why would I, I do that what I'm doing yeah. and I I've witnessed it through people I've trained and I've experience on myself of that whole right I've done your 50 burpees mm-hmm. I've you know f- you know felt almost sick to the point of sickness from killing myself in the mm-hmm. gym so hard and you know you pull up your top and you're like oh do I have abs yet no what's the point then I'll just yeah. like yeah. what is the point if I'm if it, it's this painful and I hate it this much and I'm not seeing the changes that I was promised mm-hmm. what's the point and then I think that's when a lot of people give up because they're like well this there's not a result yeah there's like there's no reason to um to even put yourself through this because it's like exercise is either torture for for abs Mm -hmm. or yeah or it's not like there's like no no in between yeah Um, it becomes very black and white and i think kind of again looking at this relationship between body image and exercise mm-hmm. we see that people who have negative body image can kind of go one way or another so they can kind of go to that over exercise that can kind of p- compulsive exercise or they can just be like avoidant completely because yeah. it's just like oh no i feel too uncomfortable in my body to even take myself to the gym or doesn't have to be the, to the gym it could be to the park to like go out on a yeah, shoot, you know, like, feel, i think a lot of people feel self-conscious mm-hmm. in a gym environment and uh in my book and um this is a point where i'd have to go and reread mm-hmm. what i wrote <laughs> but um you know when we, people talk say oh people are going to the gym yeah. and you know i feel nervous about going to the gym i feel like everyone's looking at me and in the past um i'd have said and i think in the book i've even said you know forget about what everyone's thinking mm-hmm. like they're probably too self-absorbed in themselves to worry about what's going on but i think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes people are looking at people in the gym. Um, And I think um, depending on which body you're in as well, like um, I think particularly for people in bigger bodies, they find it harder because people will be making judgments. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to validate that and say that like those people who feel that way and aren't making it up, that's a genuine experience. Um, And whilst I do think there are plenty of people who are only worried about themselves yeah. i do think it's important to acknowledge that um yeah. weight stigma is real weight like, stigma is real and it is in, an experience yeah. and um yeah we need to respect that mm-hmm. but i think also in that it's i think there are a lot of people who feel so self-conscious to even go to a class mm-hmm. or to be in that environment because their body image is so low that it's 
uh, hard to to feel like they can partake in physical exercise. And yet, as you said, people who exercise are shown to have, um, you know, better body image. So in that instance, do you recommend people work on improving their body image first to then be able to partake in exercise? Or do you think it's a case of finding exercise maybe at home, doing something where they feel in a safe space, um, and building their confidence that way to then go into those environments if they so choose to? That's a really good question. I'm not sure if I can base it on research, but I think my instinct would be to do... is to is to find ways to exercise or move your body in a way that you like and mm. and see where you go from there. And I think, you, can, you know, it's not always like one has to come before the other. Yeah. I think, you know, you can work okay. it. I mean, the ideal would be to work on the two things at the same mm. time, I, I would imagine but i i think actually finding something that you enjoy and actually focusing on the enjoyment of it um and there is there are so many different ways to move your body i think that's the other thing Mm. i think sometimes we get really caught up in like going to the gym or like doing a like pump class or whatever and like that is not for everyone some people enjoy it and like good for you but if you don't like there are so many different options like swimming can be incredible dancing can be fun like you know there's there are so and you don't have to pay a lot of money and you can do it in the comfort of your own home you can just like dance in the kitchen or you know go for a walk like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be this big production and show and performance I think sometimes exercise becomes a performance and it's like you're just you know you have to get all the gear and then go and then you've invested so much in it and it, it puts too much pressure on that's so interesting there's yeah firstly preach it because that is exactly what (laughs) this podcast is about is like helping exercise not feel like this big thing that you it can be your own uh activity that suits you Mm -hmm. but also you're so right I think there's a lot of a performative element of exercise whether that be sharing it on social media Mm -hmm. every time you go to do something um whether that be like you said all the gear no idea kind Mm -hmm, of vibe (laughs) (laughs) um and I think there's a lot of that need to be seen doing something whether the most important thing as you're saying is actually doing an activity that you enjoy rather than just having the outfit for it yeah it's completely and it's like doing an activity that you enjoy but there might be other outcomes that you get from like doing exercise it might be like you want to make new friends I remember when Mm. I moved back from the states I was like as an adult person, how does one make new friends? I literally had no idea apart from, because I grew up doing loads of different sports mm. and activities and things. Like the only way I know how to make friends is in that way. It's, it's like, like a I team to, environment. I know, yeah, I need it? to like find a hobby and mm. my hobbies tend to be sporty based. So mm. then that's how I made friends when I moved back to a new city. Like that was, it just became easy. So that might be like a completely, it's a completely different objective. Um, but then you you reap the benefits of social connection, isn't it? It's yeah, so regularly moving your body and making friends, and I don't know, having a routine, and maybe the stress relief of like, I don't know, like transitioning from like work to home or whatever it is. I think there are like so many benefits for exercise beyond appearance, and actually find what works for you. I think sometimes again it's like it's so easy to get caught up in like black and white thinking it's like if I don't think this then I have to think this and it's like you don't have to focus on functionality if you don't want to you can focus on the friendship element yeah you can you you can can just 
like the, in the book I say like okay so when we're shifting away from focusing on aesthetics and mm -hmm. weight loss what are our what goals could we have that aren't related to that because I think for starters some people don't know what it what it is to have a goal that's not about stepping on the scales yeah because that's no one's fault that is because that is the narrative of the fitness industry for so long. Like that's how we measure progress is by mm -hmm. taking photos of our progress pictures, which yeah. we should touch on mm -hmm. um, and weighing ourselves and measuring ourselves. And that is what, that's how you progress in fitness. But actually it's like, what are the other goals you could do such as, um, you know, try and track how many press-ups you can do each month and see like have you month on month improved how got stronger i've yeah. got stronger through doing press-ups but equally um at the end they say plot twist you also don't have to have any goals if you don't want yeah. to you can just enjoy it as a nice activity yeah. and um i thought it was really interesting what you're saying about social connection and how that is such an important part of why you engage in exercise and and fitness um and has there been any sort of research on how social connection plays into our body image as well is like is there a link there in terms Ooh. of having supportive friends or being around people of different body shapes so being in a diverse group mm -hmm. of friends like is that helpful i can't think of anything offhand like a specific study but i again i'd imagine yes because i think our social influence does our social sphere rather mm. does have an influence on how we think and feel right so i think we and it's easy when we're talking about this in a in a negative way if we're surrounded by people really caught up in diet culture who are constantly talking like engaging in that diet chat in the body talk we know that has a very clear negative effect on people's body image right mm. so then applying that same logic if it's yeah. the flip, like that can have a positive effect or at least a neutral one, mm. right? Sometimes it doesn't always have to be like moving mountains. It can just be having a general like positive, like a, a, like a neutral effect. So it's just not causing harm or not making you feel worse about yourself. And I think, um, I don't know, thinking about like your, how like diverse body shapes and stuff with your, with your friends, like I guess one of the facets of positive body image is celebrating diverse appearance and appreciating diverse mm. appearance. So like it, works you know like it it makes it makes sense and you spoke about in the book about um the same with having like seeing diverse bodies in your real life but also mm -hmm. seeing diverse bodies online and how yeah. important that is um and i uh, i think you referenced kind of celeste barber who is one of yeah. my favorite people to follow on social media still she's still um doing amazing things um with you know showing that kind of uh like you said well she kind of uh, parodies what yeah. models are doing and celebrities are doing and does it hilariously um but also seeing different um people online um is a good way of kind of stopping yourself getting in that comparison trap i presume yeah completely and i think what's been really interesting with the body image research looking at social media is that it started off being like this is a really negative thing like and looking at it from that lens mm. right and i think that kind of makes sense because we are most people work in this space are health psychology or public health so you are you are thinking about health promotion health prevention you know like looking at preventing negative health outcomes right so you're kind of looking at like what's bad and how do we get rid of the bad um and so there's a lot of focus on like the time spent on social media and and then kind of looking at what we kind of spoke about before looking at these like, idolized images that we see that kind of mirror the idolized images that we see in like traditional media but then what's been really exciting is looking at how um social media can be can have like 
are there any positives from social media? And, and that the few studies, there's been a number now that fi- finding that looking at diverse bodies is, you know, is positive, mm. is, is, is a positive thing. And the thing with Les Barber, which I think is really cool, it's a study led by Rachel Cohen and um, also includes Amy Slater, who's at our centre. Um, I think what that does really well is sh- it kind of shows the ridiculousness of that comparison. Yeah. You're like, why am I comparing myself to, like, someone yeah. who's, like, I don't know, just, like, lying down and looks a bit unwell, like, or... Um, is in a really awkward, funny pose. Like, what? Like, what am I doing here? So it kind of disrupts that. Especially when it's piece. that high fashion yeah. vibe, and you're kind of like, oh wait, what are yeah. they doing? It's also a bit ridiculous as mm. well. Um, yeah, no, she is brilliant, and I can say anecdotally as well, just myself having. Like when I first set up my Instagram, I very much had this one aesthetic, mm-hmm. one look I wanted. Most people I follow, particularly women, they had visible abs and uh, right. that was something that was very important to me. And um, I also followed basically slim white women. That's all I followed. Mm-hmm. I just followed people that I thought I wanted to look like. And everyone, like I said, was very lean and they were all kind of training for similar goals that I mm-hmm. had at the time. And it was such an echo chamber of, a, what I wanted to see, B, what I wanted to be, and C, it was a very, like, uh, one way of training, one way mm-hmm. of eating, all this stuff. So I was just, just constantly reinforcing, reinforcing, yeah. reinforcing the thoughts in my head. Um, and, you know, over the last, so that was kind of seven years ago, really, when I was in that headspace. And fast forward to now, and I follow A, not just following different body types that exercise and I've got a list in the book for people who are listening and want to have a list of who I recommend Mm -hmm. there's a couple of lists in the book of people to follow um but secondly just following people that aren't just doing fitness that Mm -hmm. they're having other hobbies Mm -hmm. about other topics so I don't just get focused on that kind of the aesthetic of fitness or I'm not just focused on fitness as being like looking a certain way I kind of also make sure that I'm reminding myself that I'm a multifaceted human being who's interested in other things because before it was like my fitness account that just followed fitness and food things and I needed to know that there was much more going on in the world outside of perfectly presented porridge Mm. bowls and workouts I need I needed that for my own you know sense of self and it's been so transformative um and I wonder if the way you've used social media has changed over the years like particularly doing the job you do and having Mm -hmm. so many interesting conversations with interesting people have you found yourself um I don't know discovering different communities or finding that it's helped your own body image in any way um it's an interesting question I think I've not really thought about it I think I don't spend an awful amount of time on social media. I think for me, it's not something that I feel is... I think... I mean, I use it in different ways, right? So I think I have... I use it in terms of, like, can I share information? Mm. Can I share, like, is this is this a, a platform or an avenue to um, share learning, share knowledge, share experience? Mm. And I think, I think it's... I don't... I'm not anti-social media, but I think it's something that... For me, looking to improve... If I'm ever having, like, a bad body image day, I don't turn to social media. It's not something I... It's not where I would go. Um, What would you do if you're having a bad body image day? 
in the moment, I think for me, distraction is good. I think it's kind of going to what you're saying about knowing that you're a multifaceted person. So it's like, actually, I'm so much more than my appearance. And actually, what what are the things that I have to do in hand? What is my plan for the mm. day? And actually, you know, I have like work to do. I have like people to see. I have joy and fun to be had or actually sometimes it's not always joyful sometimes I just have chores to do I have like jobs you know like Mm. I have like I don't know I have to do the laundry like it's like kind of actually just getting myself out of like a a kind of a bit of a funky headspace do you kind of tell yourself like I've got better things to do than be ruminating over (laughs) this kind of feeling and if I can like direct that energy that's the energy of thoughts into thinking about like you said being more present in what you actually have to yeah. do yeah yeah more I, present is it about in the moment yeah I think so I think it's it is about I don't know it's not to dismiss or like not value that you you are having like a bad body image mm. day I think we all have them I think you, even people who have you know generally very good stable mm. body image I think can still have like off days and I think that's not it's I think it's important to not like beat yourself up for that and be like and sometimes I think you know being a body image researcher and you have a bit of a like a bit of a weird like you're like oh then you're like oh god no I should know better I should do better like this is like my um you know these where my values are and actually what am I not you know like Mm. fitting in I think that's and I don't think that that's a helpful thought process I actually just think you know what I'm yeah maybe I'm having a bad body image day because I have been spending too much time looking at or comparing myself with different mm-hmm. images maybe I'm having a bad body image day because I am feeling weird about something else and it's kind of transferred onto yes. onto my body and I think that's something that in the past was a big thing for me and it's like mm-hmm. it was like oh and actually just recognizing that and rationalizing that and being like oh no wait some, this is a, and a symptom of, of what yeah, else is going this on this is like a, a warning sign to me that mm, maybe something is is off somewhere else in my life and I need to just think about that what like what it's it is a bit of a it's a warning sign more than anything and that's how I try and think about it when I'm when if I am feeling a bit a bit off thoughts when it comes to body image I think that's kind of my I would say similar to you in the sense of I can kind of have a bit of a word with myself and mm. be like oh hang on a second like you know I have to just remind myself like what you look like is the least interesting thing about you and I kind mm. of like go through a few mantras of like think about who you are as a person um and we and I should have mentioned it before but pages like I weigh where mm. you kind of value who you are as a person rather than what you look like and those kind of things kind of just reinforce that kind of sense of self but also exactly as you said if there's something going on and I'm particularly you know coming up or I'm particularly you know I've noticed myself um thinking about my body more than usual I kind of think huh what else is going on because in the past for me um focusing on my body image and focusing on what I ate and focusing on how I exercise was a big coping mechanism for me dealing with other stresses in my mm-hmm. life that I wasn't aware of at the time yeah. I I only in hindsight and therapy if I realized mm-hmm. that me being really worried about what I look like and really focused on that as a goal was a massive coping distraction yeah um and so yeah having gone through that and and healed so much from that when things do crop up firstly I'm like hey these thoughts are also not your own yeah um you know if I go oh you've uh put on weights or something like that because I think that's a common thing for everyone uh, because we live in a world that values thinness so much Uh more and so even though I 
um, have done so much work on, um, you know, and feel that I have learned so much from the fat acceptance mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. and celebrating all bodies and believing that all bodies are worthy of um, value and respect regardless of size or health status or whatever. Mm-hmm. Rationally, I can know yeah, all of yeah, these yeah, things, yeah. but it's like, oh, there's still a little voice in my head that is like, ah, oh, no like this is a bad thing and I just kind of tell myself like that's not my thought that is a thought that and I don't have to act on that thought and kind of like breaking the cycle yeah and I think it's it's knowing that yeah you've been socially conditioned from like day dot to feel that way and I think like knowing that you're not alone in that feeling kind of having that relief effect and I think sometimes where we have all of that sharing on online and in person when you're like oh you know I I have struggled on this whatever I think it's like oh I'm I'm not alone and actually there are there are alternatives and mm. I think going back to the seeing the different types of images um diverse appearances etc and like people who are just confident in their bodies it's showing a different narrative and I think we have for so long been especially as women but it's it's not exclusive to women but being like told that you have to look a certain way you have to present in a certain way mm. all of these messages and actually to disrupt that takes some doing it takes practice it takes constant retraining constant thinking like if you've thought in a certain way for 30 years you're not going to change how you think overnight I think so there is that kind of self-compassion piece of being like actually like give yourself a break like you're doing your best and actually there's a lot of unlearning yeah yeah exactly and that's that's what it is and it is kind of acknowledging maybe like and kind of going back to what you're saying about with you and with the food and with with your body image your appearance with the fitness it's like it's a distraction and it's a control thing for many people a lot of the time and it's like what and so I think that's where it's like what is it that I want control over in my life and actually what would be really valuable to me to have more control over or to kind of take um a positive step forward in and kind of feel that you're empowered in some way and I think sometimes because I think all of these messages are are, are oppressive right and they're mm. disempowering and actually if you can find power in something else so it's it could be finding purpose in your work it could be really finding purpose and value in your friends and family like actually thinking of yourself as that multifaceted human and and what really engages you and you know kind of that kind of sparking joy or whatever mm. like then moving in that direction always feels like a positive step forward otherwise because I think you can get into a cycle of like oh I'm having a bad body image day and then you're like oh I'm what's wrong with me like I need to exercise do another workout I need to and it's a cycle yeah or or you can be like I shouldn't be feeling like this I shouldn't be feeling like this but if you keep saying that you're not giving yourself an alternative so actually that's why I personally like a distraction because and obviously there's still work to you know constant work to do but actually a distraction can be in the moment like gets Mm. you out of that negative Mm -hmm. spiral to then be like okay and then actually then when you start engaging in something that you need to be doing you're like oh actually the fact that my jeans felt a bit tight it's actually not a big deal no like why yeah no what um and i have to say speaking of social media and the ways in which it's changed and usage and as you said you know you're putting out such informative stuff out there through your podcast particularly your and you know social media is a platform to share that information Uh and I think one of the best ways I've changed my usage of um, social media now is to really use it as an educational tool to really find um to find different people sharing really useful work so one of my favorite accounts on 
anything body image related is beauty redefined oh yeah um they uh i think their beauty redefined is actually a non-profit organization Mm -hmm. and they're they're based in utah i believe in america and they're two twin sisters and they're just uh their whole mantra is your body is an instrument to be used not an ornament to be looked at and that's an I genuinely repeat that to mm-hmm. myself often um and as you said kind of remind yourself of who you are and and how you interact in the world outside of what you look like and that's been just following pages like that with really important reminders and helping me to be more you know accepting of myself and neutral mm-hmm. about my body yeah. has been so huge um and I always say like I would not have written that book mm-hmm three four five years ago when I was so focused and consumed with how I looked Mm -hmm. and what I was eating and how I was exercising um and letting myself kind of be more relaxed and Mm -hmm. becoming more intuitive essentially has given me so much headspace to do other things and I'm sure like you probably uh felt it maybe with your own journey to academia of like oh hang on I like you're such a um bright talented person and when you're distracted you're distracted and when you're able to like fully utilize your brain um I think it's Naomi Wolf that said um you know keeping a woman focused on dieting is I'm really paraphrasing here um is is about a distraction and it's um I've literally written I'm gonna find the quote because I'm really (laughs) I'm really mincing it Okay, I found the quote. A culture fixated on female thinness is not an obsession about female beauty, but an obsession about female obedience. Dieting Mm -hmm. is the most potent political sedative in women's history. A quietly mad population is a tractable one. And that's another quote that I will kind of take with me to my grave in terms of, hang on a second. When you're getting caught up in what you look like and all the stuff that comes with it, that's that's a distraction. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know rightly i think it's important to say that people of all um genders like face body image problems Mm -hmm. and i think you but we focus on uh women more um because the narrative feels it feels like a bit louder for us it feels like there's more um there's more stuff for us for us to kind of worry about and think about and if you just think about getting ready in the morning to go to work Mm -hmm. or there's just seems to be a few more steps and a few more processes that we you know don't have to do we don't have to do it but we do um and I think you know discovering that kind of the feminism of it all really Mm -hmm. of body image and being a bit rebellious about it is really empowering yeah completely I think so much of the body image stuff has come from feminism mm-hmm. and kind of there's a whole feminist theory and you mentioned it earlier in terms of objectification and I think with some of those pieces like the dieting like the weighing like the progress pictures that you mentioned earlier the transformation pictures all of those things are it's about self-surveillance so you're again you're you're instead of thinking outwards you're thinking inwards and you're kind of just channeling energy on these like micro tiny little p- 
disappointed that actually have no real significance in your in your life and again it's like one of those things that is said so often but I always think I find it really powerful like when you when you get to your 80th birthday like what do you want to say about yourself and do you want to feel like oh yeah you know I tracked my you know food intake every single day for however yeah. many years and I weighed x amount and I kept it stable you know like like are those things that you really value or what else what else is there what do you value and I think that's why kind of going back to the I weigh page as well mm. it's like thinking of like actually what do you really care about and it's just shifting your thinking again because again it's so easy to fall into these traps because we live in a society that's like taking you down that path but actually to be like no you know what I value myself in this way um and I care about this and I care about that and I care about that and that is where I want to spend my energy and my time um rather than like looking at how much I weigh on the scale or spending ages like creating a very pretty food post that has Mm. is exactly all of these different like micronutrients in and all of those things that was how I started my social media career Nadia (laughs) and I was like yeah and it's really interesting like that's that is how yeah yeah, that was such an important thing for me and it's the least important thing for me now um so I want to ask in not a devil's advocate way but in my own curiosity and I think it's an important discussion to have because I think sometimes when we talk about this I think some people feel judged in the sense of, mm-hmm. oh, so I do care about my appearance. Mm-hmm. I do care about um, how I look. I want, I do have aesthetic goals. I do want to wear makeup every day. I do want to dress in a certain way. And I think um, when we're kind of talking about self-objectification and kind of body and beauty standards, mm-hmm. I think we can feel like, I don't know that we're we're a bad feminist we're doing it wrong Mm -hmm. if we vaguely want to conform if we want to um you know have a certain look of our body or you know do our hair in a certain way I don't know if there's kinds of um and even myself I think struggle with it like I can't pretend I know all the answers at all it's something I'm kind of like huh I have to assess my relationship with makeup and things and but I do like to feel pretty and I don't know. Yeah, and I think it, they're, they're really valid points. And I think all of these conversations is not about to judge the individual. It's about having that broader critique about the society we live in that pushes us to think in certain ways. Yeah. And I think when we're looking at fem- feminism, there are so many things within the feminist movement that are so important that actually splitting hairs over like, do you wear makeup? And then does that mean that you're not a good feminist? I think, again, even that argument be- can become a distraction within the feminist conversation right so then actually um I don't know I think it's it's useful to be able to have that critique I think it's it's useful to be able to think about and self-reflect on like actually why am I doing this am I doing this for me am I doing this is this is this a distraction from something else is this because I feel pressure because of something Mm. or is it just something that I really enjoy so I think because I think it it is common for people to think like when I say I'm a body image researcher when we talk about these kind of things people are like oh well you know you kind of won't care about what you look like or you and it's kind of that trope with like feminism like you know you're gonna you burn your bras and you don't shave your armpits and whatever and like each their own right yeah and I (laughs) I just just think again to me that that conversation can be part of a a distraction from what what's like the bigger focus and like what's mm. like what is really important and I think um 
yeah it's good to be able to have that critique why are you doing certain things so sometimes you're like mm, maybe maybe i don't you know i don't want to be doing doing this and it kind of you go back to like the filters on on social media like oh this is interesting that i'm i'm like swiping that, for a paris yeah, filter rather than just like, leaving it on normal like that half an hour i spent photoshopping that picture what else could i have done with that time i don't yeah. know like do i need to go to the extent that i'm going to like i don't know that could be like i think it's just you know that um i don't know even you know that whole fake tan routine that i do every uh-huh. week is you know is that something i genuinely enjoy that time for myself because i you know i'm not against fake tan but i'm like or do i feel obliged to do this because uh-huh. otherwise i can't show up in the world as myself and all that time i'm giving to that is that like is there something i wish i could do but i actually don't i yeah. feel like i don't have the time well could i give that fake tan time to that project yeah. or that thing i'm really passionate about or um yeah. yeah i don't think there's a i don't think there's a black and white right or wrong no i i don't and i think i think it's like it's useful to have that as i said like useful to have that critique and then useful to think like actually what's the what's the bigger picture here mm. and is this conversation about should i wear makeup should i not make wear makeup a distraction and i think like thinking about fashion thinking about makeup they can be forms of self-expression like they can be Absolutely. like just enjoyable things and if you enjoy it like good for you like do whatever you want like mm. i don't care and i think it's i always want to emphasize it's like whatever you're doing so even if you're like on a really rigid diet or you're kind of really engaged in like diet culture wellness whatever like that's the blame is not on the individual i think and and with feminism the it's it's a critique of society not on like not on the individuals i think it is important to be like actually no that's it's not like it's not a judgment Mm. point unless i think where, where this becomes more nuanced unless you have 10 million followers right and then you're promoting something right yes okay so, so that's when you're when talking becomes, about like a kardashian yeah promoting a certain a skinny tea or skinny whatever tea or, or um and obviously there's been new regulations about mm-hmm. that um yeah that's it's different when you have that much power over yeah. how people think about yeah. themselves right yeah um exactly but then that again using that feminist lens feminism is looking at power and power structures and looking at that bigger mm. picture rather than just like the individual so if you have so that's where like with the kardashians for example because they have so much power you're not then just looking at the individual you're looking yeah. at the power they have yeah and how they can because they have influenced a whole beauty standard of our generation yeah. like yeah we want to have a big butt because of kim kardashian like it's kind of crazy when you mm. realize how people are really shaping how we view ourselves and i think like um just seeing how there i mean for example kylie jenner is like clearly had surgical work done Mm -hmm. and now we're aspiring to her aesthetic and so like you said that's not Mm -hmm. that is has normalized procedures and stuff and i think you're right like you know the way i view things like cosmetic procedures um i think it's a case of if that's what someone feels they want to do then that is totally their choice and they have autonomy to make Mm -hmm. that choice and decision um but it's like uh, blame the beauty standards that make you feel you mm-hmm. have to do that rather than blaming the person for, you know, wanting to do that because it's their choice. But it's just how it's just interesting of how the choice is influenced from these overarching yeah. narratives. Yeah. And completely like I would 
rather no one felt pressured to be on a diet no one felt pressured mm. to engage in cosmetic procedures spend lots of money like time energy resources on those things but the critique is is much broader than on that individual decision unless you've got a big power structure in, involved so i think that but it, it's like there's it's, it's hard because there's no like black and white simple no. answers it's, it's these things are complicated and i think it's like what like you always have to keep thinking and like passing out what's like and how do you really think and i think our thinking evolves as well like mm. you know i and you know you were saying about how you know your instagram career started off yeah. on, on doing that and like you, your thinking can change and you know my thinking might change in like three years on how i think about the kardashians i don't know like i think but it's like this is what i think right now and informed by writers thinkers studies podcasts uh, yeah. maybe yeah yeah <laughs> completely and i think that's that's something that's like worth really highlighting and kind of thinking what we're talking about looking at different people on social media and, and the different accounts and i think that's what is really powerful about social media is that you you hear stories from people that you haven't necessarily heard stories for you see people that you haven't necessarily seen and that has changed how brands work mm. and so there there is a lot of power there and there's a lot of education there and it doesn't have to be education in terms of this is a study it can be like this is my lived experience like listen and respect me for that and i think that can that's really powerful and i think because sometimes if you live in a bubble you don't have a certain experience in your own like worldview that's a really amazing resource that people are willing to share about you know whether that's living in a bigger body a disabled body you know all of these different things i think it's it's a really generous way to share your experience and for other people to learn and think about how to do better in that way and be an ally and all of those things so yeah I think you know opening up my eyes and my worldview to other people's experiences has been so important in shaping my perspective on things because I had a I came from a very like white middle class town mm -hmm. um very white middle class school um just had like no like you know just you know naively had just had this life experience growing up mm. um of you know relatively having a pretty sheltered life and not um being exposed to all the experiences of so many different um people and you know learning and listening and understanding you know trying to understand what people have been through has been so important in also like shaping like what's important for me mm -hmm. and what I feel really passionate about and finding that sense of self and finding out what my values are um and I think like the objective of train happy is to get people to a point where fitness is not their whole life it is a part of their life mm -hmm. that helps them feel really good and helps them feel have energy to tackle these bigger issues mm -hmm. like you know um I want people to feel empowered through exercise so that they can go on and you know fight diet culture um fight racism mm -hmm. you know tackle these big social issues that need to be discussed about but in because that you know that is a positive force that helps them to do that rather than feeling like oh my god tunnel vision on this one thing and there's all this stuff going on i mean climate change like we mm -hmm. need our attention going to all these things and i want yeah rather than feeling distracted i want people to feel empowered through exercise and and you know using it as an outlet to kind of maybe recharge so they can mm -hmm. go and do some really important work um oh, 
this conversation has taken so many turns and I'm so here for it. But um, I think, yeah, it's been wild. I loved it. Um, Nadia, thank you so much for discussing all the different kind of facets of body image and social media and how it shows up for us. Remind everyone where they can find you on your own your two podcasts sure so there's appearance matters the podcast which i do with jade Pennell, and then there's the body protest which i do with honey ross awesome um and what do you recommend people find you on social media um, so i mean if they want like it's I not no great, i'm not but... <laughs> no obligation um so on instagram i'm at nadia.craddock awesome and i'll share links for everything as well um it's been brilliant thank you so much um and once again thank you for being part of train happy it's was so grateful for you to be involved no Um, problem thank you for having me all right bye-bye everyone here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.